0: John three sixteen. Some of you may have heard this verse before. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. All right, the next reading is from Revelation. It's the last book in the Bible, and we're on page one, two, three, eight. So nearly at the end of your Bibles there. One, two, three, eight, and we'll start at. Revelation 4, verse 10. The 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created.
1: My name's Josh. Great to see you all. I've obviously got the dress code for being one of the pastors across Wild Street and St. Matt's. Let me get set up. Thanks, Anna. I'm gonna watch a video. Let's check this out. See if we can get some sound. It's not super important, but uh morning. <laughs> awake now. Pretty profound video, isn't it? Not really. But it does paint a truth, doesn't it? It paints a truth that life is pretty short, that we're all kind of together hurtling towards our death, and so it's worth reflecting on, like the video does. What should we make of the short time that we have here on earth? What should your purpose be? Now, the advertisers at Xbox have clearly reflected deeply on this question. They've come to the completely unbiased conclusion that life is short, therefore, you should play more. And even more thoughtfully, just because they care about you, they've come up with the Xbox so that you can live out your true purpose in life and play more. It's fantastic. Have you ever really thought about that question really for yourself? What is my purpose in life? Uh, What's the thing that drives you? Your reason for being, the kind of central thing that guides and shapes how you live. I reckon there's probably three kinds of people who are here this morning. Uh, There'll be some of you who feel like you have no purpose in life. You wake up and you kind of just do stuff. Maybe you don't do a lot and that's just kind of your life at the moment. Maybe you have a job or you go to uni and you go, but you just do it because you have to. And then you go out on the weekend because why not and then you wake up the next day and you do it all again and there's kind of not really any purpose to it all if someone asks you what is your purpose in life or what are you doing why are you doing it you'd say i don't know just am no reason maybe you wish you had a purpose in life maybe you don't but that might not be you see i reckon most people fit into this next category which is You think you have no purpose in life, or you don't consciously think about your purpose in life, but you do have one. You've just never really thought about it. Usually, it's happiness. The reason you do the things you do is to make you happy. That's your purpose in life. Uh, And it's often centered around a particular thing that we think will bring us happiness. Having a great family, being successful at work or sport or something else, having a great relationship, looking really good, owning a house, traveling, what is it for you? What's the thing that you dream about? When you go to your happy place and you picture your perfect life, what is it for you? What's the thing you'd be most sad about if someone said you can't have that or you'll never attain that in life? So the answer to those questions is probably the thing that's at the center of your universe, your reason, your purpose. But again, that might not be you. Maybe you have thought about your purpose in life and you're intentional about living it out. If that's you, you know what it is for you. Either way, it's fascinating that a whole bunch of long-term research has recently come out of places like Harvard University, and it says that if you have a higher sense of purpose, it leads to an increase in mental and physical health. You'll have better relationships, you'll be happier, you'll be physically stronger, and you'll live longer. Here's the quote. Research has found that those with low or no sense of purpose have 2.43 times the risk of dying compared to those with a very high sense of purpose. Isn't that incredible? I assume it means dying young, not dying at all. I think that's 100%. If you want a longer, healthier, happier life, the research says, find your purpose in life. So what is your purpose? Well, one study concludes with, I think what most people seem to say, which is, here's a quote, So the case for working and living with a sense of purpose is crystal clear, but how do you enable that? One word, introspection. We all need to just think about our values and beliefs and what we love and then just decide on something. And the question is, is that right? How do you know what your purpose is? What do you do if someone else's purpose is in kind of direct opposition to yours and actually stops you living yours out? And really, the even bigger question is, if you could ask God that question, if you could walk right up to God and say, what is my purpose in life? It'd be incredible, wouldn't it? What would he say? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Our series for January, as Andy said, is your questions from God. And someone's asked this question. If you could ask God one question, they asked, what is my purpose in life? So we're going to look at God's word and try to see what he has to say. And here's the answer in summary. I was going to give you the answer right at the start. A bunch of Christians in history got together and they tried to answer this very question. Here's what they came up with. Our purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The purpose in life for every person is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Now, we're going to look at this answer and we're going to see what do those words even mean. And then we're going to ask two questions. Is that right, and is it good? Is that really what our purpose in life is? Is it right? Even if I'm someone who doesn't care about God, is that what my purpose is? And if it is, is it good? Do I actually want it to be right? Or is it like Brussels sprouts? Sure, it might be true that they're good for you, but I wish that it really wasn't because they're gross, and it kind of tastes like I mowed the lawn with my face. It's disgusting. Is what God says about our purpose in life, is it right and is it good? That's where we're going. So let's get stuck into the first part of that phrase. Point one, our purpose in life, part one, to glorify God. Uh, what is it and is that really our purpose? Let's have a look at what God says in his word. I've got two passages I want to look at. The first one's in the Old Testament where God is speaking about his people who are scattered among the nations. This is what he says, I've got it on the screen. Isaiah 43, verse 7. "'Bring my sons from afar, "'and my daughters from the ends of the earth, "'everyone who is called by my name, "'whom I created for my glory, "'whom I formed and made.'" Do you see the language of purpose there? God created His people, why? For the purpose of His glory. That's why God's people exist. The reason for being is to glorify God. God's pretty clear about it. But is that just for people who say they belong to God? What if you don't care about God? Do you have the same purpose? Let's have a look at the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 4, we read it. This is where God shows a guy called John, a vision of heaven. And what does he see? Revelation 4 verse 10. The 24 elders fell down before him, God, who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast down their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. The 24 elders are just people. And what do they do when they see God for who He truly is? They fall on their knees and glorify Him. They can't help but immediately declare the worthiness of God to receive all glory and express praise and honour to Him. When we see a picture of the world as it should be and how humans should respond, we see that the job of mankind is to glorify God. If you could ask God what the purpose of life is, he'd say, it's bigger than you. It's not about you. It's about glorifying me. And did you see the reason why? He's worthy to receive glory because he created all things. God made everything. He made us. And when you make something, you get to decide what it's for. That's kind of how things work. The thing that's made doesn't get to tell the maker what it's for. That's not how it works. God made us and he tells us we are made for his glory, to glorify him. Do you see? It's not what do you think your purpose in life is, it's what is the one who made you say it is. Kind of makes sense, right? It's right, but is it right? It's right that God gets to decide, not us, he made us. But isn't it incredibly egotistical for God to say that your purpose in life is to be all about me? To glorify me. How can that possibly be right? Well, it's right when you understand what it means to glorify God and who he is. See, to glorify something is to praise it to the highest degree, to give something the reverence and honour that it's due, to express honour and significance to that thing. And that is the only right response, the only natural response, when you experience something worthy of glory. When you stand in front of something like the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, or even last weekend, I was just at the Blue Mountains and kind of looking over it with my daughter, Marley, and just, when you stand in front of something so immense, so significant, beautiful, unparalleled, and just huge, the only right and healthy response is to express how glorious and significant the thing in front of you is. Just go, wow. This is awesome. To see something like that and remain unmoved is not natural. There's actually something wrong there. It is right to ascribe glory to something that is glorious. It's not egotistical for life to be about glorifying God, if he really is the most glorious thing in the universe. And he is. Have you heard of the Yalong Sangpo Canyon? I had not But apparently, it's three times bigger than the Grand Canyon. Biggest canyon in the world. It's even more glorious than the Grand Canyon. God made them both. He's infinitely bigger than the entire universe in which they sit. He's truly immense, weighty, and glorious. And the reality is, when someone like that exists, it's right that life isn't about me isn't it about one tiny person on one tiny planet kind of in the corner of the universe life isn't about making me happy it's crazy that life would be about us or whatever purpose i decided to come up with no life is about gazing on and giving glory to the one who's truly glorious the god who made you of course life's not all about us it's about god God says that your purpose in life is to glorify Him. It's right because He made you and so He gets to decide. But more than that, it's right because it is the only right response to see one as glorious as He is. It's right. But is it good? Or is it like Brussels sprouts? It's true and right that they're good for you, but they are completely disgusting. And so I wish it wasn't true. Sure, it makes sense that you know, at least some sense that life would be about the one who made life, but it sounds a bit boring, doesn't it? Or maybe like he's a bit of a rubbish guy and I don't want life to be about him because it's not good. He's not good. Aren't there so many other things that I could make my purpose in life that would be so much better? It would be so much more enjoyable. Point two, God says our purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. It's right but it's also the most good. There's nothing better, and there's nothing better for you than to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We'll look at that second phrase in two parts. Enjoy Him, and we'll look at some things under that, and forever. (coughs) Enjoy Him. One of the best things about centering your life around God and glorifying Him is you get to enjoy Him. God wants you to enjoy Him. He's not some tyrant who's in charge, who doesn't care about you. He doesn't want to know you. He wants you to enjoy Him. I've got three things about enjoying God that makes it so good that you wish you had it. First, enjoy Him by enjoying relationship with Him. Here's how one person in the Bible describes their relationship with God. Psalm 109. I love the Lord because He's heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he's inclined his ear to me therefore I'll call on him as long as I live gracious is the lord and righteous our god is merciful the lord preserves the simple when I was brought low he saved me return o oh my soul to your rest for the lord has dealt bountifully with you for you have delivered my soul from death my eyes from tears my feet from stumbling this is a guy who loves god Who deeply enjoys relationship with God where each speaks and listens and acts for the good of the other he knows that unlike any other relationship God will never let him down God is always for him we kind of all get the sense that relationships are important in life right it's kind of a key relationships are life-giving but to enjoy relationship with the one who gives life is far better (coughs) what we're made for to enjoy a relationship where god pours out his love and blessings on us and we respond in glory and praise it's a beautiful thing it's right and yet it's also so good and that's been my experience i became a christian i put my trust in god and learned about him about 13 years ago and it's been my experience don't just trust me though try it and see for yourself enjoy relationship with the god who loves you and made you try it and see it is so good last not all we also enjoy god by enjoying the gifts he gives us and we can enjoy them to the full when you orient your life around god and say that your purpose is to glorify and enjoy him then you are able to enjoy god's gifts to the full the bible is clear that god loves to give good gifts have a look at matthew chapter 7 This is Jesus talking. He says, Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? (coughs) God loves to give good gifts. Thanks, Anna. He's way better at it than us. But the thing is, we often make it our purpose in life to pursue one of the gifts or a couple and hope that the gifts will make us happy and satisfied and content with life. We make the gift our purpose instead of giving glory to the giver. And when we do that, we turn God's good gift into a curse. See, surfing a great wave is a fantastic gift from God. It's awesome but when we make surfing our purpose in life the thing that we chase for meaning and happiness, it'll completely let us down because it can never bring us those things it wasn't made to. We take a good gift from God and we try to get more out of it than it can give and it can't take the weight of it. And so we turn a gift into a curse and we can do it with any gift and do it with the gift of family family the gift of work, the gift of travel, the gift of success. But when we recognize that these things are good gifts from God, that we're to thank and glorify Him in response, then we're actually able to enjoy that gift to the full and not try to squeeze more out of it than it can give. Because the gift can't give us ultimate happiness, satisfaction or peace. Only God can. That's the way He made it. It's so good to glorify and enjoy God, to enjoy a relationship with Him, that's life-giving, to enjoy His gifts. And third, we can enjoy Him in suffering. See God isn't just to be enjoyed in good times. He wants you to enjoy Him in the hard times as well, which is wonderful, because we all face hard times, don't we? Maybe even more than the good times. How do we enjoy God in suffering? First, have a look at this passage from Hebrews chapter 2. Because he himself, that's Jesus, has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. When you're suffering, God knows, God cares, and he can help. He's able to because he's been there. He can sympathize with you. God came to earth in the person of Jesus and he suffered. He knows what it's like. He stands with you in suffering. See, often suffering is the thing that makes what we chase fall down. When our purpose in life is to be happy, what can we do when we're suffering and unhappy? Things start to fall down around us. They can't help us in the hard times. But God is with us. He cares and he sympathises with our suffering which, to be fair, some people can do at their best. We've experienced it, at least for a time, as long as your suffering doesn't go for too long. But God is always with you. And even more than that, God goes further in your suffering because he alone can provide real hope, a real solution to your suffering, an end. It is so good, which takes us to the last point. Enjoy him by enjoying relationship with him. Enjoy his good gifts. Enjoy him as he helps us in suffering. And enjoy him forever. Have a look at this last verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The ultimate reason to glorify God and the ultimate thing to enjoy is life with Him forever. Did you see the word that describes what our future should be? Perish. Naturally, because of our treatment of God, we deserve to perish, to experience the intense judgment of God, death and hell. Because of the created things, we are in complete rebellion against our Creator. We reject his purpose for our life. We reject relationship with him. And so we deserve nothing good from God's hand. We deserve to perish. But did you see that it's possible not to? Why? For God so loved the world. God wants to pour out his love on you. How? That he gave his only son. He sent him to die for us so that in his death we can be forgiven and have the gift of eternal life if you trust in his son and it's not just longer life but it's perfect life life in heaven where there's no more tears or crying or pain the ultimate answer to suffering and it's life where we can see the full glory of god on display and give glory to him forever and enjoy him fully forever Doesn't that make you want to accept the gift of forgiveness and glorify God and enjoy Him forever? It is so good, better than anything else. All right, I've got this rope here. I see how far I can throw it without hitting someone. Is this going to unravel? Here we go. All right, this is a very long rope. I want you to imagine that this whole rope is a timeline of your existence. And I want you to imagine that this rope goes out the door, through the car park, hits the airport, catches on the wheel of one of the Qantas planes and kind of starts going north. It goes past the central coast, past Queensland, hits kind of north of Australia, and just keeps going. This rope goes on forever. You can see the end, but you can't really see the end. This rope goes on forever. Now, this bit of tape, I want you to imagine that this bit of tape is your life. kind of got, here's your birth, here's your, your primary school, you remember that. Some of you remember it a bit more struggling primary school there you've got your kind of work you've got retirement and then right at the end here you've got your death god says that at the end of that part of your life you keep going you keep existing and that those who are forgiven will live with god in heaven forever glorifying and enjoying him for all time and that those who are not forgiven will perish and exist in god's judgment forever Surely that even if you dismiss everything else we've seen so far, surely it means that the most right and good purpose in life is to use this little bit of your time to make sure that you enjoy the rest of it with God forever and not perish under his judgment. Don't make your purpose in life something that only thinks about this tiny part of your life and forgets the rest of the whole thing. Glorifying God and enjoying him He's really good in that little bit of tape that I just dropped. You can enjoy a relationship with God, enjoy His good gifts, enjoy Him as He helps you in suffering. But the most good thing is to live for the thing that affects your life for good forever. It's so good and it's so right. God made us and so He gets to decide what we're for. And it's only right to glorify God when you recognize how worthy of glory He is. And so what are you going to do? Will you begin the journey of living for the purpose that God made you? Will you glorify and enjoy Him forever? It's right and it's good and you can start today. If you want to do that, don't leave here without telling someone. We'd love to help you. You can write something on your Connect card that Andy's going to tell you about in a bit. There is nothing more important you could do. Or you need to find out more you're intrigued but you're not ready yet come back come back next week we're going to look at another question for God or keep exploring by coming to our life course a place where you can ask any question you want to see what God says about life starting in February we'll let you know more about that come back to church come along to life or if you're someone who's already on board with glorifying God and enjoying Him forever, you know how good it is. You know it's right. So don't forget. Don't narrow your focus to the small things that are in front of you and forget about the big, glorious picture and purpose for life. It's the kind of thing that's easy to know in our head and then forget in our life. Uh, If Andy could see what you dream about, your thoughts, how you spend your time and money and effort, it would be super creepy. But what would he see at the centre of your life? What would God see as the purpose of your life? Because he does see. Sometimes even though we know this great and glorious truth, we just lose perspective, don't we? And we focus on things that are way too small. We get caught up with what's in front of us. It's a bit like standing in front of the Grand Canyon And then only focusing on the little shrub that sits at the edge and kind of inspecting the leaves and going, oh, this is cool. And then you forget to take in and praise and glorify the amazing thing that's in front of you. It'd be crazy to do, but it's exactly what we do, isn't it? Do you need to lift your eyes once again to the glory of the God who made you, who wants to be in relationship with you, who gives you good gifts, who helps you in suffering, who gave you his son so you can have life with him forever? I need to dwell on that more this week. The researchers are right. If you have purpose in life, you'll be happier, healthier, you'll live longer, and God says they don't know the half of it. He also says you don't have to figure out what your purpose is. I'll tell you. You have a purpose because I made you for a purpose, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. It's right and it's so good And so let's glorify and enjoy him now as we sing his praises. We're going to come and sing our next song.